Frank. Frank, come on, man. Can I be frank? It's all about capturing real, authentic, unedited conversation. Out of a bank holiday Monday, best time. Really? Yep. And that's what's that like? That's just. Are you wondering? Is it people just, just fucking? They're down and out after drinking all weekend before they go to work. So they're sitting at home on the sofa on social media. He told me. Yeah. That's. It's interesting. Well, it is interesting. Like why? That, why does it suddenly become? Um, why do we suddenly engage with it? And it's a happiness versus unhappiness yep. thing. I think there's no. I mean, Facebook doesn't really bring you anything apart from just escapism. And, and it seems to be a habit as well. It's totally a it's habit, just a yeah. Habit, yeah. Yeah, you, you're, I'd say you're on it now way more. Oh, always, you know, yeah. it's, it's terrible. Oh, do you not like it? No, because I, I hate it. it. I, I don't like it because I'm using it. It's more of a need than a want for me. Yeah. Um, but like some of the things that are on it are just ridiculous. Like, yeah. And unfortunately, the way it's gone now is I do a lot with, uh, do you use Snapchat? No. I use Snapchat a lot, I do. Yeah. Anytime at the races or I'm in the yard, I keep doing Snapchat. Yeah. And my Snapchat following has got very big. Yeah. And people like that, you know. And the Facebook thing, I can't... I used to only have like 100 friends on Facebook. Now mm. I have a lot more. I can't yeah. really decline people, you know. Because that's the route I'm going now. Well, you know? I suppose, So yeah. I don't... I keep... Every, no, there's nothing personal on it really anymore, okay. you know. Everything's kind of... So you've moved over from that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, it's interesting, like, it's very interesting, the background, and well, I want to get into the background, but very interesting that somehow you've come upon using social media, and again, it's, uh, uh, given your background, you've no real, you know, we'll say digital marketing oh, bullshit experience, nothing. but it doesn't count for anything. In the end, it doesn't count, you've obviously, you've got a niche, not niche even, because it's a massive industry, but it's, it's very specific. Yeah, horse racing is specific, yeah. and nobody else is doing it. And then all of a sudden, you I'm even surprised though. Snapchat, like you've, what have you got on Snapchat? Like I've over a thousand people on it. Which and you would have thought it's kind of slightly big. younger audience, but I don't. Yeah, know. it is a, a lot of it is younger, but um, yeah. it's funny because on Sunday night then at the Christmas party, a lot of kids that are riding out for these trainers and young girls and boys coming up to me. I mean like from ranging from seventeen to twenty twenty one. Yeah. Come up to me. Oh, your racing's inside track. Your racing's inside track. Yeah, Get a Snapchat with me, and it's 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 a bit, it's a bit mad. <laughs> and I was all right. Yeah, yeah, grand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, will you do an interview with me? I I I'm having my first ride next week, and I'll ask and would you've got that? Would you've got people coming up to you when you were a jockey? 
like no, the same no, way. No, no. way. No. And but so since you've been doing this, you're yeah, getting I'm, that. I'm more known. That's fucking ridiculous. That is ridiculous. No, no man is a jockey. <laughs> I was only just an ordinary, just run of the mill, just trying to make a living and do my best to try and get on a horse that good enough to win. And yeah, so tell me, bring me back in time a little bit. So how, how do you, how does one, how does anybody get into horse racing? How how do you get into it like that to becoming a jockey? Like what happened that? Well, I suppose a lot of people have backgrounds with horse racing. Yeah. And I didn't. Uh, my sister rode ponies out in Swords. We're from Clontarf. Okay. And my mother said to me, why don't you go out some Saturday morning? I laughed at her. Yeah. And I said, do you know what, I will. And I went out one Saturday morning. Just and It was an addiction then. That's just, it, is it? I sat up on the horse and I loved it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I was never the most natural or tidiest stylish rider in the world but I was good though yeah I can I could ride and I took to it straight away and loved it and obviously you have to be to be a jockey but I was there's a fine line between the brave and stupid part Mm. and you need to be right on that line of brave you know and maybe have a bit to push it is it yeah just because it doesn't bother you, you fall off or you just get back up or you get kicked or okay. you just keep going like you break a lot of bones you get kicked in the face you get kicked in, you get kicked everywhere you just get up and you want to go again you know so is that kind of a case like because you're talking to an ignoramus here but just say you're on in in the car and you're going around the corner and you're going to you decide I'm going to go from 120 to 140 even though you in order to win in other words can you when you're on a horse can you suddenly just fuck can up it to up the speed but that that's the danger line then do you know what I mean oh, yeah, that you, you take the risk or is, is it's it depends on if you're in a race situation it's whatever way the race is going you're always going to be going fast and yeah. if you're on a good horse you can go quicker and do what you want you know yeah bad horses don't go as fast okay so is it so what you're saying really then is adrenaline really is what you, you yeah, got, yeah. yeah obviously you get a great kick out and you're jumping fences or hurdles whatever it be and when you're on good horses then you get a better kick because obviously you're in front or you're you're going away and you're going to win obviously that's the kick but even just just riding horses up the gallops in the mornings and schooling over fences and hurdles and especially again it's always good, but when you're on good horses, it makes a difference. It's like when you're in a good car. Yeah. You know? You get out of the, the Fiat Punto and jump into even an ordinary BMW. There's yeah. a massive difference, isn't there? Well, there is, yeah. So you go from that Beamer to a Ferrari, then there's a huge difference. Yeah. I, I, um, and so, obviously, you you have got on Ferrari horses, have you? I've been lucky enough to ride plenty at home on the gallops. Okay. But I'd say on the track to win on any... I probably only ever won on two, what you call proper horses. Okay. Two very good horses. And can you feel it? Oh yeah. How quickly can you? Do you know how good this? Oh, horses? you know when they're at home before they even run when you're riding them. What, like, looking at them? No, no, just Not, riding them. Just being on them. Yeah, you'll know. Like okay. Some I'm... some people are better judges than others. Yeah. I was probably one one thing. I was always good at was I was a very good judge of a horse in terms of if he's good or not or um what trip he wants and will he win and I was I was good at judging horses that way you know okay um but say you say you see one can you uh, when you're looking at them going around the ring I know friends of mine if you, uh, if you see them going around the ring 
looking at the horse, you go, okay, he's good. Can you, is it possible to spot like that or do you have to be right up close and on them? Or? No, you need to ride and see if they're any good, but obviously from where it starts is the sales. So obviously a good, the well-bred horse, the nice horse, the horse that sell for a lot of money, they stand out, you know, they oh. have that, they have that walk about them. They have that bit of elegance, you know. Presence almost. Yes. Yeah, like, like even in a person, you can get yeah, some people have a better yeah. aura about them. You know, Is that the case of the horse? Walk along with their, you know, the shoulders down, down hunched, and yeah. hunched their back. And, you know, that person, if you said to me, would he run, sprint across that field real quick now? You'd probably say, no, he wouldn't. Would yeah. He? But the, the kid who's walking along, you know, and. Bit of a spring in the steps, yeah, especially thing. when their ears are pricked, they're, they're watching around, they're sharp, like you know. Yeah, okay, they, so they're all good little kind yeah, they're, of signs. They're, they're, they're signals you pick up on, and then obviously, when you sit on them, then you know, okay. then you'll get plenty of horses there. You ride at home and they'll fly up the gallop and they'll beat what you thought was a good horse. And think, geez, this lad's all right, but they're not good either, though. Yeah. They're just what you'd call morning glories, you know. What's that? What do you mean? Just it, just they're very good on homework, but when they okay. get to the track, they don't. Basically, a lot of times you don't have the balls to follow through with it all. Okay. They're not tough enough, you know. Um. Okay. So we might go into that, but it's the so you got on. I mean, most people, you know, an awful lot of people that I know, you know, in life would would love the idea that suddenly one day they wake up one morning and they fall in love with what they want to do for. Mm. Let's say the rest of maybe you didn't know that, but you obviously knew. Fuck. I'm doing this again, like, and I'm doing this again from that first morning you went down there. Oh, 100%. And I was going out every Saturday. I, yeah. I loved it. And. And what age were you at this? Stage? Sure, I would have started at 13, 14. Okay. 13, I'd say. And a guy that was out there who was instructing, you know, he was a riding instructor. He was, and uh, he said to me one day, was, I used to, my dad bought us a pony. Yeah. My sister would have been doing all the fancy dressage and the show jumping. I'd bring her out to the field and gallop her as hard as she could and jump as many ditches and hedges as I could. Okay. And As uh, fast as you could. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. And he then said to me, do you want to ride a racehorse? And I said, jeez, I'd love to. And he sent me out to Jim Draper. Right. Who is a huge name in horse racing. Right. His father trained Arkle. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, well, Arkle was, I mean... The, the greatest the greatest national hunts horse ever okay he's like the the Pele of soccer right okay was. right he was the, the real deal so when I went out there then you're going from riding a pony to a racehorse and that's basically like cycling to it's maybe that's the wrong way of putting it but it's like being on a bike with stable stabilizers and onto onto a bike for the first time okay you're onto it what I always thought was a beast from yeah. a pony uh, or a big fat cob to an athlete, I suppose, you know, mm. and big difference. But you learn quick enough and you learn if you're good enough or not. And sure, I, I loved it. And fourth year was coming around and I said, I don't like school, you know. Yeah. Um, so I went to the apprentice school on the curve and so that was it then. Well, okay. And so you got to dump school. Yeah. Lovely. I was told now it wasn't going to happen, but they said that I could go down for fourth year. But sure, once they seen I was 16 and I was making money and I loved what I was doing. I think it was just the happiness thing. Yeah. You know, but unfortunately there's so many that do and you don't make it, but I'm sure it's like all sports, you know, like soccer and just so many lads you hear going to England and they don't, they well, don't make, make it. Well, making it is doing something. <coughs> and, well, and well that's and true. You're earning you're, you're a few bob. Yeah, you're earning you're a few happy. bob and you're, and you're doing something you love. That's making it. I mean, so then there's the levels of 
degrees to which you're going to push it. Yeah. Isn't I suppose but you were making a, you were making a living at what age like? That you weren't reliant on family? Oh, 17. 17. Yeah. And what much you earning that? Oh, sure, you weren't getting much. You were only getting probably you, you free accommodation through the apprentice school and sure, you were getting 400 euro a week but once you start riding okay. then you start getting more money then. See, so your accommodation paid for and you're getting like 1600 a month. That's that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you're only 17. And you're that's, 17 and you're doing something you love like. You're not stuck that's in school learning a load ago. of junk like. Yeah, that's yeah. 17 years ago. Wow. So. Okay, so you're 34. 33, yeah. 33. I only just turned 33, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, and so then, so you're in the school. So obviously then people, like it's taking a risk not going down the main, you know, the kind of the basic linear route mm. to go, which everybody, you know, goes to school. The safe route, we'll call it, goes to school, goes to college, gets a job yeah. and is miserable. Yeah. Uh, to a certain extent but so you took it but how do you kind of come how do you suddenly so you were earning money at an early age so then at that early age obviously you were half decent I mean there, I'm sure there's loads of kids who tried and just start, who stayed it and it was just a pastime it's like they started yeah. in the same type of day that you did but they didn't go anywhere with it is that no yeah. but unfortunately there's a lot of those that are, and, and, and don't get me wrong you need those they're just working and racing. They just ride out in the yards yeah. and that's it. But you need those people. Okay, why is that just... To ride the horses. Right. You know, there's some trainers. Gordon Elliott there has 220 horses in training. Sure. Okay. He needs need a lot somebody. of people to ride them out. Yeah. You know? And that's the way it is. Okay, so there's still a role. Like, there's enough jobs for people even to do something like that. Oh, there is, that, but, yeah. the, you know, it's not very well paid and it is a lot of time put into it seven mm. days a week for those people, you know. Yeah. Um, they obviously love what they're doing mm. but as as a trainer only said to me last week you can't pay them anymore because the money's not there yeah you know it's a it's a strange one it wouldn't be even one really to get into because it's it's awkward and all but just let's say let's say you go out tomorrow and go down to the Porsche garage and mm. say I want to buy one of those and you, they say you want the deposit and they're going to pay it every month yeah. right and you don't pay next month's bill yeah what happens yeah the car take gets taken off yeah it, yeah there's trainers training horses and the owners aren't paying for their bills mm. but unfortunately you say oh just fucking get rid of the horse but if the horse isn't too bad yeah mm. what do you do and if three or four months have gone by and they owe you a few grand then it's hard just to say here feck off there and take your horse yeah. and don't you know because you of the, the value money. of the horse as well yeah, and where and, and what do you do with it right and it's just it's it's a weird industry like there's no other you wouldn't get away with that anywhere else like mm. you know yeah I suppose it's a living thing really isn't it the horse really you know yeah it's, it's strange like that owner can come up into that yard and I'm taking him away and you take him away mm. and you say you owe me 12 grand there. Oh, sure, I'll drop it into there next week and it never pays you. There's no, you can't ring the guards or report them or whatever, you know. I think that's where the turf club are wrong. They're the authority over horse racing in Ireland. Mm. They, they should have, every owner has an account. So if you win a race tomorrow, your winnings will go into that account. So when the horses enter the next day, they take the 100 or 200 euro out of your account for entering into that race yeah but 
that should probably be used to pay trainers as well like you know that's just that's yeah. just my idea on it but okay. that's down a different road though yeah um, yeah I suppose that's down to the politics of the oh, industry yeah, that, that's yeah. an awkward yeah, one yeah, yeah. 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 no we, we might get there yeah. um, uh, so how did what happened that you kind of took it to the next uh, well I suppose you, you came out of the stables we'll say or came out of the training school into the real world of it you spend a year in the training school and you get sent out you you get put with a trainer for a few months okay and usually the plan is to stay on with that trainer mm. I didn't I moved closer to the apprentice school onto the actual curra right. and just you, you 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 have a job you work away and if you're good enough they'll get you a license mm. and you get your license and you start riding then right. race riding so and just you work from there and basically you work your balls off and you try and you work as hard as you can you try and get on good horses and try and get opportunities but obviously owners if they're paying a lot of money you have a horse you don't want the young lad riding it do you with less experience you want the top jockey to ride it don't you so it's about it's hard to get opportunities you know but some trainers are very good and give young lads give kids opportunities Mm. but then obviously you have to be good enough then and yeah. you might only get one chance and you might cock up on that day and what was your first big chance um, like I that. suppose my first big chance I took it I was put on a horse on Grand National Day okay in Fairy House and he knew is the Irish Grand National then, yeah Irish yeah, Gra- yeah. it was a big handicap hurdle it was on RTE TV yeah. it was only my 10th ride so okay. very inexperienced and Basically, Mick Halford, the trainer, said to me, this horse has a very good chance today. He says, if you do what I tell you to do, he'll go close. Okay. And it turned out he told me to be handy, which is up, up in the first four or five of them, 30 runners, big handicap. And I got shuffled back to the back, and I was effing and blind and cursing at myself. I was too far back, but right. it worked out for me. And okay. he won then. Oh, wow. And so that was great. My mother and father were there. Just you underplayed that now. So you won the Grand National. No, no, no. Oh, it, it was it was a race on Grand National Day. Okay, sorry. Handicap. All right, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Oh, no, big handicap hurdle okay. on Grand National Day, which obviously is one of the biggest day in Irish racing. Mm. And to win that on RTTV yeah, yeah. was, was, was great, like, you know. Mm. But um, not long after that, then I remember I got a good opportunity on another very good horse and I cocked up, like, I got beaten. Got beaten right. a short head and I gave it a terrible ride. If I was... That's many years ago. If I was to sit at, in front of the telly now and watch someone give that the exact same ride, I'd say, oh, that's terrible. You oh, know? really? But, I but you, see, that's you need thing, to make those mistakes. Yeah, to, I would have thought then that to make those mistakes, but is it as ruthless as when you've made that mistake, you fucked up there, that you're when the consideration comes for another opportunity, they'll go, mm, not so sure there. Yeah, that's the thing. You won't get that opportunity You won't again. get the opportunity again. Yeah. Like Sir Ruby Walsh and Barry Garrity and... The big lads, if they make that mistake, be all right. They'll still ride the horse. Because they've enough behind them, isn't it? Yeah, because they're just so good anyway. But you're looked upon as, he's only the kid, he's no experience, but I'm going to give him an opportunity today. And and you cock up and you don't do what you're told. They'll say, I'm sure, why should I give you an opportunity again, you know? It is is tough, like, you know? I suppose, again, it's like, I use soccer, football as as a good example. Like if the young lad says, right, you need to do this, go on and give him your chance and Mm. he plays terrible or, you know, you mightn't get that opportunity quick enough again, you know? No. So. But so obviously for you, how many years were you at it when you got that, uh, the Grand National one, did you say? How many years were you at? 
on to be able to get that opportunity on Grand National, National Day. Yeah. That was so that was very early on. So yeah. I I'd only had a few rides. Yeah. And okay. So that that was a gr- that was a great start for me, you know. Mm. But um, I probably made a mistake going to England. Then you know. Okay. I rode another couple of winners after that, and then I decided I'm going to go to England. There's more opportunities in England, and that didn't really work out for me. It's probably oh, a bad. What age were you then? I went to England when I was twenty. Right, well, yeah. And I came home when I was twenty-two. Um, so, I made, but saying that I made mistakes when I was over there too, though. You know, I didn't make the most of the the opportunities that were given to me in England. But why um, was that? Just, I suppose, being young and having money and acting the idiot a bit. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like everything I suppose hindsight's brilliant you look back and say jeez if only I'd done that but then I say to myself was I good enough either to get to the very top no mm. I know I wasn't but I was good enough to I'm have not, more success but yeah, I what is good enough to get to the very top in the, in that What what is it that you're you just need to be gifted as, as I suppose I, I don't say you have to be gifted because a lot of lads that aren't that get to the so called top but you need to be very lucky too. Mm. You need to be in the right place at the right time. You know, there's some lads that get jobs that just it fell on their lap because they were in the right place at the right time. You know. Yeah. Okay. But really, I think you have to be man enough to stand back and look at it and say, "Am I or was I good enough to to get one of those jobs?" No, mm. I wasn't. Right. Simple as that. And I I'll happily admit that. And mm. there's other people who call themselves and believe. And they feel like they're hard done by, you know. Mm. Why didn't I get on that horse, sir? You're not good enough, mm. you know. And sometimes you have to be, you have to be man enough and stand back and say, I wasn't good enough. I was good enough to, to get rides, to get opportunities, have some success, and make a living out of horse racing. Mm. But after a while, then that wasn't enough for me. Then, so I get, I gave up riding because I start struggling with weight and that. Yeah, talk to me about the weight thing. That's a big thing, is it? Yeah, weight's massive. Um, weight's very tough for lads with, um, obviously on the flat racing, they're small lads. You need to be around eight stone. Okay. So for any full-grown man, that's that's not right, like, obviously. Yeah. You know, but um, weight obviously is a big issue. And then So what type of weight would you have had to hit? Ten stone. Ten stone, right. Try and be a little lighter, so try and always be just under 10 stone even if you're 10 stone 10 fucking stone yeah but 10 stone would be alright because if you needed to ride a horse at a lighter weight then you could lose half a stone in in 24 hours through sweating can you? Uh, oh yeah no problem remember the most I lost in 24 hours was 9 pounds to ride a horse and what do you mean sweating? like what type of just put on loads of layers Um, what I used to do was go running the roads and I this one I was in England and come back and You'd be sweating, sweating, and put a black bag on you again. Then, and get into the. I used to get into the bed at night like that. Jeez. I used to sleep, and you get up the next morning. You're obviously not eating. You have a small little bit of a drink, and ride out all morning with all sweat gear on. So you're, you're yeah. five or six horses in the morning. So you're busy. Get to the track, have a run, get into the sauna, and you lose that way. Obviously, okay. you're 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 very weak and. Yeah, so, and uh, do you have you had time then to build a bit of strength back up before the race, or how does that work? Uh, no, what happens is because you weigh out, yeah, so I have yeah. my saddle and every all my gear on me, and okay. I stand on the weighing scales, and I'm 10 stone, yeah. okay, with all my gear, and hand out the saddle. So you have maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes before you go out to the parade ring to get mm. on the horse, and you could eat something then, but you're 
you can't eat or drink too much because if you win the race you are weighed against no. or you finish in the first three or first five first six they change they, they can change it around and you get on the scales and you're too heavy okay. you can lose the race then if you're too if, if you've you know if you've lost a lot of weight and you've gone back in and had a had a litre of water and had a, a few sandwiches and that you, you just don't do it you'd have a small something to eat and, yeah. and a small drink so you're, f- so you're wrecked then are you oh right? you're absolutely you're dehydrated you're yeah. weakened and again then jeez the hunger I'd get, have the rage of hunger like you might need for a couple of days like you know yeah. um, but the problem is the ride is there then for you you don't want to say no in case the horse wins mm. so you go lose the weight but then when you're on the horse then you're not really at your best then either because yeah. you're dehydrated and you're um, weak so you have to keep the weight down really all the time. It can't yeah, be just, a big leap. You yeah, have to stay and, yeah, on top of the diet all the time. You've got to sensible and, and just keep it right so that you don't have to lose too much, you know? Yeah, and have you ever missed, did you, in your time, have you missed a weight? Only once ever did I done it. Okay. Um, but I was, in my, I suppose not in my defence, but just, I, it was a spare ride. Someone got injured and I was asked to ride and I said, well, I can't do that weight. Mm. I can do two pound over. Fine that'll do okay. so I That's never yeah. I never I never missed it off like when I was down declared to ride a horse you know yeah so and, but so obviously you were saying it, it towards the end <coughs> doing the weight cut was a was a big thing for you it was a it is it, it, just it, as it got on maybe I got I suppose again I have to blame myself I got a little lazy I didn't right. look after myself as well I used to do a lot of running a lot of cycling and I kind of got a little bit lazy with that because I wasn't riding good horses and I just said to myself, you just don't put as much in then, I think so. Mm. And then I just kind of fell out of love with race riding. Yeah. And just continued working in racing, riding horses and um, I used to drive the lorry. I suppose I was a a good asset, I suppose. I could ride, I could school, I could ride work, I could drive the lorry. I could do anything really. Yeah. So I was a good asset in in, in that respect. And then... Just one one day, I just packed it in. Right. So that's a, I I imagine that the one thing that will keep you going is the days you still get up on a horse and you're still you you're going around that track. I mean, even if you're say you're not on the best horse, but you're in with the chance, it can't be many things much better though. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Especially when you're on a good horse. Yeah. So like, I can only imagine how the likes of Ruby Walsh and Paul Townend and Barry Garrity, Mark Walsh, these lads feel when they're riding good horses most of the time, you know. Yeah. Davy Russell and Jack Kennedy. They're riding grey horses all the time. Must mm. be brilliant, like, you know. Yeah. Um it's like it's like everything, you know, when 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 you're at the top and you're you're winning, it's all good, isn't it? And it's a confidence as well. You ride yeah. better if you're if you're winning. Mm. I think. Well, I suppose it feeds on itself. Victory, yeah, it does, the feeling yeah. of it, yeah, yeah. The, the unbeatableness you, you or know, whatever. You'd see lads there like good friend of mine had a real good start to the season during mm. the summer riding a lot of winners and I said to him jeez you're riding well he said just confidence you know yeah belief just, just and getting up on horses and I think yeah sure I won on the last one sure why can't I win on this one you know mm. for a lad who went through a quiet spell and then he just went through riding a lot of winners through the summer and things were going well and you think jeez he's riding real well but it's a fashion like people see you winning yeah. People think okay. associate you with yeah. that, and that you have a chance. Yeah, okay. You know, so uh, tell me this then. So obviously, so there's the there's the the good side of it is the um, 
he's getting on that horse on that Saturday or Sunday or whatever um, or knowing that you're going to get a good horse or uh, yeah. being around the whole that that a camp maybe a, that is a winning sort of energy um, but what like uh, for somebody on the outside I mean my view of the horse racing world I, I mean I obviously you're talking to a total ignoramus like an epic ignoramus but like all I know is I had a Betfair account for a year and I went and looked at the P&L of my Betfair account after a year of horse racing betting I was in the red it was beyond the red but it, <laughs> I had never looked at it I just kept tipping away but when I actually looked at the maths of the whole thing I went oh here right I, I'm not doing this this is not for me but I've always wondered, like, well, who's in the know? Where's the money? You know, who's is there? Is there a, a, a clannish element to it? Is there a bad side to it? But you know, that's the kind of what can you talk about? The is there a side to it? I've always wondered. Well, you know, who knows about the? Is it is it the? Is it the trainers who know? Is it the jockey who knows? I know there's uncertainty, but there is still like when you're getting up on the Ferrari. And say, not nobody knows from what we've said there. Nobody knows that it's a Ferrari. Mm. People might think, well, he looks well. Only his, and maybe his track record is a certain way. But yeah, I suppose you know what I mean by that. Like I the, know what you're the, saying. Yeah. We, we know in the yard at home that he's good. Yeah, he's really good. Nobody knows. Yeah, word, word spreads very quick in horse racing. You know, it? all it takes is for one lad in the yard to text his mate, say, on the other end of the country. Here, yeah. don't tell anyone now, John. But, uh, <laughs> don't 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 tell anyone, John. But this let this click this year, sorry. Sorry, you don't tell anyone, John. That and everybody is told. Don't tell anyone, and sure, you know yourself, then it's like wildfire. Then I'll find out about it. Even I yeah, will find and, out and, about and it. And then John rings his cousin <laughs> and says, "Now here, I have a horse for you today, but you can't tell anyone. Yeah, it just just spreads around. And yeah, you tell you it to your one that, good friend. Yeah, yeah, you can see that then on the on the betting. Then the horse is getting back to that, and then maybe the trainer w- could be interviewed on at the races or RT or ITV, wherever it be, and. They will say, yeah, really like this horse. The nice horse should go well. Mm. They won't. They won't. There's not many of the trainers, especially the big trainers. They won't say, oh yeah, this is a real good horse. He will win if it's his first run. They yeah. say he's a nice horse, whatever it be. But the word has got around. Oh, this lad's a machine. You know, he'll win. Yeah. Okay. And 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 that's the way it goes then. But like you ask about a bad side. Yeah. Yeah, there is a bad side to it. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad to it. With, with the betting I suppose people always said Betfair was the worst thing that was ever brought in mm. because of laying horses yeah you know don't get me wrong I'm not saying it doesn't happen here in Ireland but in England a lot with the all weather racing it's you could compare it to dog racing it's they're 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 bad horses all just running against each other okay. you know it's it, it's a very very low level of what's, racing what's laying I know it and I, I never did I never so could figure out the laying if, part if you have let's say Let's say there's just four horses in a race, yeah. okay? And we'll go A, B, C, and D. Yeah. A is favourite, okay? And he's one to two favourite, okay. okay? So he's very short. And then B is 11 to 10. Okay. And the other two are whatever you want, okay? Yeah. So you're looking at it and you're saying, ah, it's only a two-horse race, whatever it be, one to two. You don't think the one to two favourite is going to win. Okay. okay. So you go on to Betfair and you lay them. Okay. Okay. And by you laying them, you're getting two to one on the field on okay. the other three runners. Okay. You could go back B because you think, oh, he'll beat them. 
But when the horses are that short and odds on, you may as well lay the horse. Mm. Because what happens is, if B falls and A just finishes nowhere and one of the other two win, you still win. Yeah, you're okay. just You're basically backing that horse not, not to, to win. win. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. So you find a lot of it, you can... And, and a lot of people have gotten trouble over um, mm. of stopping horses. Just mm. make sure they don't win for people to... To do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was UK, wondering. The BHA have come down hard on a lot of people. Yeah. So it. what's extended jockeys? Say, say for example, you are in your career and you're not making it, and you're not making the money. Then, mm-hmm. and somebody comes along and says, "Well, can you?" I mean, how dodgy can it get? Then, I mean, oh, it can get very dodgy, and and, yeah. and it's there. It's not for me to, to. I'm not saying blow names out or talk about it, but. It's you there. don't need to mention and, names, and no, no, but, no, but for an er, 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 everyone knows it's there. And I suppose, again, using another sport as an example, like snooker, um, soccer at lower levels, it's all there. Like, yeah. um, Make sure you miss that pot. Make sure you get a penalty or miss a penalty, you know? Yeah. Because because betting's there. There's so much Those money. Opportun- there. There's yeah. so much money. These opportunities will have you Have you, have you been this. approached? No, I've never been approached in my time. No, no. okay. But um, in England, a lot because there's racing every day, and it's low, you know, it's low grade racing on the all weather. It's easy done, like you know. And Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's right, but I can understand why people, not that they do it or even think about it, is because if you're only you're not riding winners and a fella comes along to you and he's offering you a good lump sum of money if you stay say you make sure you don't finish in the first tree on this yeah horse. that's what i mean yeah and if you have a high and chance of getting away with it the yeah, weak man and just what it's a woman will take the opportunity yeah, surely, and yeah. that's what people pe- people will do you know mm. them opportunities are always going to be there because of the lane and the betting industry you know and where is the money inside the sport like who who Racing. is in, in, um, in yeah in, in Who's making the money? Is it the bookies? The bookies. Yeah, and I read an inst- an interesting article yesterday. A guy, Kevin Blake, he's a very mm. good journalist, and he does be on at the races, and yeah. he does works for a lot a lot of different people, and he wrote a very good article from when he was in Hong Kong, mm. and their turf club, their racing authority, own all of the the betting and the money goes out to charities and okay. all this sort of, it was a very interesting article but I suppose I don't know the whole ins and outs of all that and all but racing should be getting more back from the bookies like yeah. the bookies are making too much money and the people in racing aren't getting enough what yeah. about the lad who works seven days a week works his balls off there and the trainer can only pay him X amount because he only has 20 horses in training mm. does the bookie say well sure that's their fault there should be more money from the bookie side going back into racing there's no yeah, doubt okay. they're the ones making the money and I don't think anybody likes that I can't imagine anybody out there who's got who's you know betting <coughs> or whatever nobody likes losing money to the you know this idea that say that if you're, you lost your money but it goes out to a charity or it goes to the horses you'd probably everybody would feel good about it what you were saying there in Hong yeah, Kong I definitely. think in that scenario people would probably bet more and more money yeah. could go back into it and then that the average punter can win when you know they do win yeah you know? like stable staff should be looked after better mm. and they're not I'm not blaming the turf club or horse racing Ireland or anyone for that but t- take money from bookies then they're the ones making the money of it all yeah. so take money from them put it back into it it's terrible that you go racing in your job and you go into a 
the canteen in the stable yards, which mm-hmm. is only for no one outside of can come into it. And you have to pay for your foods. Mm. They shouldn't have to pay for food going to the races to work for the day. Mm. That that okay. should be all there free for them. And they should be looked after a lot better. Yeah. Okay. And tell me what about like uh, I'm going in just to the, the corrupt side a little bit, but just to know, you know, I suppose well, not even corrupt, say a, a, a jockey's not good to a, a horse, you know, that's hurting a horse. Or does that happen like or is that just naivety on my part, you know? Can you do you know jockeys that or have seen jockeys that you know, can you hit a horse too hard? Can you, you know, do things to the horse to, because it's all about winning and it's not about the horse? Or No, there's, there's rules there in place that if you use your whip too much, you you get a suspension and that, you know. But yeah. there's a lot of people you hear from, you know, this the animal cruelty crowds and all this yeah. and all. They give out about horses for the, the English Grand National when they fall or die or um, you see people on Twitter, you know. I, I suppose... Social media yeah. is good in one way and it's bad. I'm not going down that route now. More just, to, you yeah, know. Yeah, but that's how these problems come up is because people use these outlets to voice it then. Yeah. Oh, he was too hard on that horse. At the end of the day, they're they're half a ton animal. Yeah. The stick are all cushions. Yeah, okay. They, it It's used as an indicator to, you know, ask them to go on, to, okay. to try a bit harder. Yeah. When they're getting tired, you're, you're hitting them to ask them to keep trying till they get to that line you know Mm. and um no there's no there's no cruelty there's no jockeys are only trying to win and they use the stick but the stick doesn't hurt the horse you know yeah okay so in then the opposite of that is there a love of horses like do you you love a horse yeah yeah. there's no doubt like there's no there's no man or woman out there that is a jockey in a race riding a horse Mm. Or a stable ladder lass in a yard who works on horse seven days a week that does not love horses. Yeah, okay. It's not possible. Yeah. You're working seven days a week all year round. So many of the people in the industry will work on Christmas Day. Mm. They'll all be in work. Because yeah. the horses have to be fed and they have to be rode. Mm. You couldn't you couldn't do it if you didn't love it. Mm. You know? Yeah, okay. Definitely. Well, the animal itself is such um, what are incredible animals? They're an incredibly you not, stunning not animal. Not love them, yeah. you know. Um, mm. Incredible, intelligent animal. When you think of what they do, mm. you know, to on heavy ground to gallop three miles with someone on their back and jump, yeah, a number of fences. You know, they're incredible animals. Yeah. So the bond then must be a big thing. If you the day you get the big wins and that horse, you know, that horse is gone. I don't know. Can you know when a horse has gone extra than you even thought they could? Or pushed it is there yeah and and i suppose it's like human beings some horses will try harder okay than others yeah but i'm sure that's like all humans like one lad is a tough old devil and he just won't give up you know yeah and like some and do you think they'll try harder for certain jockeys versus others is that a thing? i wouldn't say that they try harder yeah. for certain jockey but there is horses that will jockeys some jockeys will get horses to run better than okay. other jockeys okay and that's just hands and if you get on with them and you don't get on with them but you do see that a lot you know yeah. especially at home um you might be a very good rider but you might just not get on with the horse you know just mm. the way you ride with your hands or the way you ride you know but yeah another lad who might be as good as a rider he might get on well with that horse you know mm. you, you do see that like you know okay 
Uh, and tell me um, the, what was it? I had a thought there of, um, uh, I suppose, so when you, when you, when you walked away from the horse race, and obviously there was a load of things that kicked into that decision. But, uh, so what was it like not having that buzz, knowing that you're not going to, well, I suppose the good side is you didn't have to make weight <laughs> and all that, but the the bad side was... I, was. I suppose even just giving up racing completely was, it was, a lot of people have said, oh, it's a very rash decision, you know, mm. the amount of phone calls I got, are you not working horses at all anymore? Mm. No, gone. And it's funny, a very good friend of mine, he's a, he's a school teacher, but he does life coaching. Mm. He said to me, the amount of people he sits down with that just hate their job, mm. but it's fear of giving something else a yeah. go. And I just woke up one morning and I said, I'm done. Mm. And I'm not saying, like, I suppose it does take balls, but I didn't think of it that way. I just said, it's enough for me. That's me done now. Yeah. And there was after a few weeks and some like, Jesus, you missed the old riding out there in the mornings. And, but when you think of it, I I didn't miss it on a whole. It was it was the right decision I made. Okay. And I didn't ride a horse for over eight months. I didn't. And mm. I thought after a few weeks or a couple of months, I said I'm gonna be mad to get back on a horse, but I wasn't. Mm. The I didn't miss it at all. You know. Right. The pressure. Yeah, I wouldn't say pressure. Just. It was a relief just to it was seven days a week it's it, it's tough like whether you're whether you're a jockey or even just working and racing whether you're just a stable lad just riding out in the mornings it's seven days a week it's all year round and you yeah you were saying that down the stairs that the life is insular almost even like for the christmas parties or for everything it's it's all you know almost is that yeah, it? it's like what a lot of people and and you see and what i said to myself was i gave up riding but I was still working and racing for another three years. Mm. And I just said, I, I said to myself one evening, I don't want to do this anymore. That That's nothing against anybody that is doing it. They're happy. I just said, it's not for me mm. to continue on just working seven days a week, two days off a month. You get every second Sunday off. And I just said, you know, and I think it is the fear thing. People, they don't know anything else, only horses. Mm. I didn't either. Mm. I know nothing but horses. But since I've given up horses, I've learned a lot of things, you know, mm. new things and, but yeah, and it's worked, and that's why I came up with the idea. I'm big into boxing, and there's a guy who, same sort of thing, just started off interviewing boxers in small hall shows and in gyms, and I thought to myself, Do you know what? Obviously now he's massive. Yeah. Um, he's huge. Sure, he's over three hundred million views on YouTube. Yeah. And I looked at him one day and I said, to myself, Do you know what? That could work. Mm. So I went to a couple of very close friends and asked them for their opinion. And they said, it's just a great idea, mm. you know? And I said to a couple of other people and they said, uh, ah, don't know how that would work. And I said, the two guys that said it's a great idea, they're not involved in racing. And mm. the two lads that said, oh no, don't do that. They're in racing. Yeah. And I went back and sat to myself and said, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. Give yeah. it a go. What Give have we got to lose? Yeah, yeah. You know? So this is, that, that it's called Inside Track, isn't it? Racing's Inside Racing's Track TV. Inside Track, yeah, okay. And I, I just came up with the name and I said to myself, I don't know anything about interviewing someone. Mm. I don't know much about technology, cameras or any of that sort of thing. So I just grabbed an iPad and basically got into my car and met with two of my close friends, Paddy Kendi and Mark Bulger, who are both jockeys. Okay. I said, Les, I need just basically to be... I need to use this for an hour or so. Right. And had a chat with them and everything and threw that up and got a few views and whatever and just went from there and obviously bought some 
I got a drone and better videos and put videos on people's helmets and things like that. And as I've gone along, it keeps getting bigger and yeah, it's it's getting there, you know. That's pretty cool. The drone thing, Jesus, you gave that a go, did you? I just went and bought a drone, yeah. Yeah, okay, very um, good. I think a lot of it has just been just, oh sure, may as well give it a go. Mm. The way I look at it is, what have you got to lose, you know? Yeah, yeah. F- f- well, fear is an awful thing that holds people back, I think, in life. I think that's the biggest. There's somebody saying to me the last day that the... Um, you don't really have to get over yourself about things you have to get over the fear just yeah. get over the fear and yeah. just go and do it just, and in the doing is the best antidote to fear isn't it really you definitely know? yeah and I think even if you have 20 ideas obviously if it's if they're not going to financially break you and put you in a hole mm. what have you got to lose by trying them give them a go yeah and if they don't work try the next one well I think if you try the first one you say Right, then you go along, but I think it's the fear one of trying to do the first one, you know. Yeah, well, it's you see, I think it's a thing of doing some when you're doing something totally different, then we'll say what you've done. It is you're trying to break. You're trying to break your past or just break away from your past, and that mm. can be difficult. It's why people stay in the same jobs for an eternity, the same yeah, thing and, for and eternity. exactly what I was saying to a racing people. Yeah. It's a fear thing of I don't know anything about horses, so why can't I leave? And I'm mm. sure it's like. So many people, they want to give some other job a go, but it's the fear thing of, and I suppose a lot of, and I can understand financially, like if, let's say, some guy has a job and he makes X amount and that pays off his mortgage and whatever other bills and he has the few bob left over and he's happy, this other job he might have to downgrade, take a pay cut Mm. and say, but it could work out better for him in the long term. I think that's what people fear a lot of the time, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the... I'm sure to you be honest, see that more with business and all as well. To be honest, it's the unknown. You see, it's normally we stick... My thinking is that... It's like what we were saying downstairs. The idea of, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you'd have the steak. I'm not going fucking trying the, no. <laughs> the fish. Because no. I had fish before. It didn't work out for me. So I'm yeah. going to stick with steak forever. Yeah, and definitely. I think it's like anything that's... Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, though... If you just get sick of, uh, the best thing that can happen is to get sick of steak or get sick of horse riding. Not maybe sick of it, but just enough is enough. That day you woke up, yep. because then needs must. You simply yep. have to change. You have to, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So if you you can handle it, or you, you know you're happy enough with it, and you're willing to accept happy enough, then yep. you'll stick with it. Yeah, you know. Um, and like you said, you get sick from that steak. You you have to eat the fish the next week. Yeah, you're know? going to try the fish. You've yep. no choice in the matter, yep. and giving it a go. Um, I, I had asked a couple of friends of mine who were um, who were big into horse racing, and uh, one of them said was uh, something about the handicapped. Can that be explained in simple terms? Does yeah, that make simple sense? Simple enough. Yeah. What is that? I don't even know what he said when he texted me. I went. We just look and see what he said. Um, <coughs> this is Brian McLaughlin. I might as well say his name. Um. Explain horse handicapping handicapping for dummies. He's also asked for a Christmas banker, but I'm going to keep that at the for the end. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, explain horse handicapping. Okay. Um, is, is it easy to explain something like that? I don't, I don't even yeah, know what that break means. Break it down. It's like every horse, there's. I'll, I'll just stick with national hunt racing. Yeah. It's easier. So if you you have a horse and most horses will run in maybe a point to point which mm. is so i won't go down that road it's a bit different and then there's bumpers then so you run them in a bumper you can run in five of them 
Mm. If you win one, don't win one, doesn't matter. Then you start off going over hurdles. Mm. And you'll run in a maiden hurdle. If you win your maiden hurdle, you'll get a handicap rating. Because okay. you can't run in a maiden hurdle again. Okay. Right. So you'll get a rating. Let's say you get a rating then of maybe 115, 120. Okay. Right? We'll go 115, okay? Right. So you get 115 of a rating. And the horse that finishes second and further back, all those horses, if they don't win any, when they've had three runs and maiden hurdles, they'll now get a handicap mark. Okay. okay. Basically, look on as, oh, they're not up to win it, but they get the mark then. So then you go to a handicap hurdle. And when you have that mark then, that's, there's great, there's, you know, you get open handicaps, and then you can get handicaps like up to 101, 106, or whatever it be like, you know. Okay. And if your horse is rated within that, he can run on that. And then that's, they're all weighted on their handicaps, like. Okay. And that's where going back to it, I don't want to talk about it too much, I suppose, but that's where if you have what you think is a decent enough horse, mm-hmm. you might run him in three or four maiden hurdles and make sure he's not 100% fit and make sure he's out the back door. So he might get a low enough rating. Yeah. And then have him ready and run him in a handicap hurdle then off what is a low weight which he's a lot better than and he'll win okay yeah so i was oh i was always curious about that in, in my language that sounds like in my language that sounds like a scenario where you have a good horse and either you decide well we're gonna let's just see how good he is but let's hold him back and wait for when the big uh, races yeah. come, and, and then we'll really let loose. Does yeah. that happen? Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's what people people will do. You know, um, that they'll have better chance. Maiden hurdles aren't easy to win; they're very mm. competitive, and you always get good horses in them. And then there's the horses that are too good to be handicappers, mm. so they go into graded company. You know, they're running the graded races, which mm. is all for the, the better race. Like a few of the races at Christmas, the graded races, Cheltenham obviously just handicaps at Cheltenham too like, yeah. but a lot of the graded races they're all off level weights well okay. barrier or mare and you get an allowance but um, that's what people do with the handicap so to your friend who doesn't understand that maybe that might help a bit but yeah, okay. it's it's basically just to it's trying to level it out to give everybody a chance I suppose right. is the best way of putting it okay. um, there's low grade handicaps for the so called not so good horses mm. so there's chances there for all horses um, but it's very competitive in Ireland because usually you'll only have racing three days a week mm. in the UK there's racing every day you know yeah, I know okay. it's a lot bigger country there's more tracks there's more horses more people but there's a lot of opportunities in England it's mm. not easy to win a race in Ireland you know yeah okay so it's there's less and if you time. finish you know you might find you have a frustrating horse in terms of he's been unlucky and he's been second a couple of times and maybe just beaten by a better horse or whatever it be and he'll get a couple of pounds for finishing second mm-hmm. added on to his handicap mark so when he comes out the next day he's up another couple of pounds and he gets beaten again and he gets another couple of pounds the handicapper might be harsh on certain horses too so it's it's wide open, but it get, handicap basically just gives people more of a level playing field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, okay. just to lay it out that way. Um, tell me this now, and tell me no more. You kind of talked about the insulinus a little bit downstairs, and the 
it, it depends how much you want to get into it. But somebody was saying to me, they, obviously the, the drinking culture simply because it's, it's the nature in any kind of culture, I suppose people get mm-hmm. together and let loose. Well, what's the story? Is there drugs in the industry? I saw something about the Galway races and cocaine or what? Oh, do you do talk about that sort of stuff? Yeah, I don't mind talking about it. Just, yeah. just, just tr- obviously things like that on what I do with my videos and interviews. I don't, you don't go, go down, down that road. Yeah. I try and just all positive and yeah and, and good stuff you know um racing gets enough bad okay um news so there's no point in dwelling on that but yeah, yeah I'm, the, going, I'm going for the tabloid stuff here am i yeah there was three lads that that use drugs and 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 they got tested and um they've got bans you know it's unfortunate for, i'm not saying that it's it, it's right it, it's they shouldn't have done what they've done but they've got their bans and why did they get caught doing it like that's i mean to be honest i think it's prevalent in everywhere but you must know or is, is there no, like, is there random, random testing, testing. so random you might testing. be racing for a, a few weeks and you know you're off living the dream for a little while and you decide to let loose for a weekend yeah and even you mightn't have been tested for ages so the lads probably thought maybe sure we won't get tested you yeah know? and they did get tested you don't yeah. know until you get in and if you're riding and you're on the card they'll say um it's not like it's like football i would have thought it's not it can't be a benefit of you know, in football, there was a big thing that Maradona was on cocaine and he was doing it before a game. Or, you know, that was the kind of impression of that, that it was terrible. But I can't see how something like that can benefit you. Can you, you know? In, no, no, definitely no. not. I'd say, it's just look, lads out on the rats. It's just unfortunate that the lads yeah. were out on a night out and, you know. Um, yeah, that, I, 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 I know the three lads and they're good lads and yeah. very good riders too. But unfortunately, they made a mistake. They broke the rules and they're going to be punished for it now, and so what's know? the story with that how long did they get banned for um they i'm not sure what roger and danny got but i know jerry fox got a long enough ban um i'm pretty sure i think he got in around 18 months oh jeez. i'm not 100 percent sure on the ban and i never even read into and how long the, they got the, and the insane thing is if there's alcohol in the system uh, you'd be stood down for the day you would you, yeah. you won't get you won't get but what I'm saying is, say you go out in the RAS and you have to recover for a week from the damage that you've done to your body or a couple oh, yeah. of days, the, that culture is totally not looked upon. Like you were describing the Christmas party there and everybody's out having a good time. That culture is not looked upon as a bad thing. But then the, obviously drugs are seen as... It's just, I find that kind of interesting. Yeah, that, well, you know. I, I'd agree with you because unfortunately drinking is... Drinking is a drug, and that, mm. I, I don't want to sit here and sound like the old bore or anything. I don't drink. Mm. I gave up drinking because I had a bad incident with drink, so I decided I don't need drink. Yeah. And um, he had a lot of people drinking, and sure, they're out having the fun and whatever else and all, but I suppose I heard on the radio yesterday some, some guy said, uh, I don't know who he was, some politician said, uh, you know, you should be allowed to have a, li- a couple of drinks before... Yeah, and shouldn't be done for drink driving. So that's outrageous, like you yeah. know. But um, our attitude to drink is insane. It's I terrible, think, in the you know. Whatever it, way it people want terrible. to look at it, I think it's absolutely insane. At the end of the day, I suppose if you look on it and you hear of most families are ruined and family breakups, not a lot of it's down to drink. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. drink related, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> lads and cheating on their missus or things like that now a lot of it's drink it's related drink, you know yeah. i'm not saying that not no ban should be put on drink definitely not but i think I people just, do what they want but the culture should be recognized especially now in the month of december it's yeah. the city season and it's insane yeah it's it madness. is insane yeah yeah 
See, you're lucky you're out of that whole game because you don't have the whole hangover and all that crap. Like all right? like the other night, there lads were saying to me, "Jeez, how do you stay all night not drinking?" I'm well able to go out and have a good old laugh and um, not drink. There'll be some times where you say, "Jeez, you'd like an old drink with the lads," but I know I don't need it. It's no yeah. use to me. I like to be able to jump in the car and, and drive home, and the next day I can get up early and go about my business and. And, and tell me, you know. did you find it hard at the start? It being Ireland, you know, to to say no, I'm not now tonight. Yeah, lads. because it's funny the amount of people that look and you say, "Wow, you don't drink." Yeah, you know, people. That's the thing. I, they I actually think, don't want I to think, hang around with you either, though, on a night out if you're not people, drinking. Pe- people think like they look on you as if you're you're an you're an alien to them, like you know. Yeah. But they can't understand that you don't drink, you know. Yeah. But um, no, listen, I've very good friends and lads that I hang around with and all and. They don't even care that I don't drink, you know. The yeah. happiness was that I, I bring a lot of them home at the end of the <laughs> well, day. Anyway, so. um, uh, what was I going to say? Did you tell me? So, Inside Track, you started at how long ago? Is it now? Racing's Inside Track was set up in March. March, okay, so no time. And you've already got to the 7,000 odd on Facebook, is that right? Today? Yeah, yeah, just short of 7,000 likes on Facebook. Um, I'm over one and a half million views on facebook okay and so it is essentially you are going in and getting what's happening you're asking you're getting in behind the scenes talking to the jockeys and the trainers is that it yeah and it's it's obviously hard because you can't go racing every day and i'd like to be at it every day but in the new year and i have a few more fresh ideas do a couple of new things and okay see where that takes me but yeah basically it's just trying to sit down and have a quick relaxed chat with certain mm-hmm. lads and ask them about horses and like I said it's just all on, on a positive note you know yeah. and go to yards and get some clips of some horses galloping mm-hmm. and schooling and um, like all that like that's what people want to see I suppose you know yeah I think um, that well I mean um, it's funny no matter what sort of questions you get I mean everybody wants to know the bankers like you know what, you know, what is the inside track who's the up and coming ones to watch in the next 12 months like you know in football there'd be everybody be talking about an 18 year old that's coming along or that one to watch like for out there now who would you be excited about it'll mean nothing to me but I know it will to me my brother-in-law if nobody else watches it there's many of them I suppose the ones a couple of standout horses are a horse of uh, Gordon Elliott Sam Crow okay He's, he's a very good horse he's unbeaten I'm pretty sure uh, of what I've read. He's not going to run at Christmas. He'll run in the New Year in Nace. Right. He's very, very good. He's owned mm-hmm. by Michael O'Leary. Let's give this a bit of a flick. Right. Keep going. Um, he runs at... He runs a Nace in the New Year, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Um, Death Duty, another horse at Gordon Elliott's, Michael O'Leary's. Mm-hmm. He's a very exciting horse. These horses, when they run, will be very short prices, but... You're looking forward to them come Cheltenham because if they keep doing what they're doing, they're the exciting ones. Willie Mullins has a very exciting horse called Footpad. Okay. He he was he was a very good hurdler. Yeah. And he's gone over fences now and uh, he looks like it's funny. Some horses seem to be better if they're over the bigger os- obstacles than the smaller ones, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looks like he could be a very, very good chaser. Okay. And there's a horse of Paul Nolan's called Discorama. He ran in a bumper last year and he ran well and I know the ground didn't suit him and he ran a ferry house a few weeks ago and he mm. won. And he was a very big price when he won, he was 66 to 1 and a horse that he beat isn't too bad called Blow by Blow and he won yesterday. Okay. And uh, 
I think this Grava, wherever the boys run, I think they're going to go to Limerick with him at Christmas. So he's a name to look out for at Christmas. Right. I don't think he'd be one of the, like the, the horses I mentioned are, are three exciting horses looking forward for the for the big days. Um, on their next runs, they'll probably be all short price favourites. But this Grama shouldn't be too short. And he's a horse that I'm pretty sure Paul said he goes to Limerick. And when he goes to Limerick, I think he'll take a lot of beating. Because I'll say he'll have improved massively for the last okay. day. Okay. And of those, which ones would you say? If you would, uh, do you look back and you see a horse and go, "Jeez, I would have loved." You know, oh, right now, road. right now, even is there one out there? And you <coughs> oh, go, oh, sure, God. There's, there's loads. There's the loads, likes, right. especially the likes of Sam Crow. There, um, okay, he looks very, very exciting. And right. Death Duty then over fences. There's so many of them that look very exciting. But okay. I suppose the most exciting one that everybody, anyone in racing, everyone's talking about Sam Crow, mm. hoping that he reaches the heights that. It looks like he's gone to you know. Okay, all right, very good. And uh, tell me, just for the Christmas period that's on it, especially Stephen's day, is there anything that do you, you you can say? Can, do you say? Do you give tips to people? Um, I, yeah, I do. Listen, yeah. I, I I back horses a lot myself. So, okay. Um, it's hard because so many horses are entered in so many races over the Christmas. Yeah. You don't know until this Friday when okay. they all get declared. They do. But um, anyone that, that you've an eye on that horse Discorama, I think he'll run. He won't okay. run in Leopardstown. He'll yeah. run in Limerick. I'll just mute this out so I'll be the only one with it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, Discorama. What yeah, day is that, he on? Um, I'm not sure which one. Okay, but the you? Limerick. Keep an eye on him over the few days. Okay. I know that Paul and James know. Limerick. Him. What this is racing on in Limerick is it as well? Yeah, yeah. same as uh, Down Royal Limerick and Leopardstown over okay. Christmas. Right. And um, I know the lads think a lot of this horse, and he. He won in Ferrios the last day, but I know he'll improve a lot for the run. And okay. uh, he's a horse, wh- whichever race he runs in, I think um, will go very close. Yeah, I think he's a very good okay. horse, and there's a lot of improvement in him. And that's always important, you know. You're looking for horses that will improve for the next day. Yeah, okay, you know? very good. Uh, and then, so, where can uh, anybody who's interested in following you or uh, hearing more about seeing your interviews and all that, it's Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, Racing's Inside Track TV or Davy Boland on Facebook, you'll find my stuff there. Twitter, um, Snapchat, Instagram, all of it, really, okay. and YouTube. All right, yeah, but so, so I can stick um, links up at the end there. And so do you, before the racing begins, for example, will you be doing, so you'd be working a good bit then over the Christmas period? Busy over Christmas, hopefully, yeah. yeah. Go, go racing most days and... Um, you know, when you're racing, especially on big days like that, it's the TV crowd are there. <clears throat> the TV crowd are there, so it's hard to get lads into interviewing because, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the day. It's busy for trainers yeah. and owners and jockeys. So you don't really get to get a chance to sit down and talk to them. But um, that's why I use Snapchat a lot at the okay. races on the day, and it's good to use that. People will follow you on that and watch mm. videos. And... Um, Yes, obviously I'd love a job maybe doing something like that interviewing people on TV and that but maybe, yeah. maybe something, someone might give me a chance someday you know well if you build up your own audience you won't need it yeah you well, know, yeah, you'll be doing that, it um, that's true too and tell me the likes of um, Michael O'Leary and I suppose the owners they're the owners yep what, what is for them is that the thrill is with their own and the horse the, everything to do with it is it like for them I'm just curious, you know, because obviously the likes of a Michael Leary, I imagine, is some task master in in business. Yeah. How does that translate in the world of, uh, horse, racing. of horse racing? Yeah. Well, his brother, Eddie, looks after that whole scene. Okay. He buys the horses firm and, 
you know. But listen, he puts a lot of money into horse racing. Without Michael O'Leary and JP McManus and Barry Connor and Rich Ritchie and these lads, you know, we'd be in trouble. And then obviously okay. on the flat side of things, John Magner right. for Coolmore Bally Dial. Like without the without these people like uh, racing would be in trouble you need these big owners in mm-hmm. it so it's great that they pump so much money into it and okay. give people by the more horses these lads have the more jo- job opportunities there is okay just more opportunities for jockeys on the track with these good horses but michael o'leary puts a lot of money into it and has a lot of good horses because of it and right. so does jp okay. you know okay but they spend a lot on horses you know so they turn up in the day almost they'll turn up the, on the, the day the, but um yeah, yeah okay so that's their hobby of, of, you know, and um, I'm sure they get great kicks when they win on the big days, you know. Yeah, okay, very good. Um, thank you so much, man. No, thank you. Um, yeah, sure, we'll see what the crack is. I'm going to keep an eye out for it. Might see uh, a leopard sound at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hi, if you like the conversation that I just had and you'd like more, please hit the subscribe button. Thank you. Frank. Frank, come on, man.